This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Although today is a little bit different. We've got a bit of a a three-parter of today's show. Of course, with Arsenal playing their first pre-season game yesterday, um, we're going to kind of split this show into the Arsenal Transfer Show and then the Raw Reaction Show uh, afterwards as well and then go into your questions. So a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Let's not waste any time. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Paul, Sean, A1, Massibulele, good morning to Penny Ween, Carl Franklin. Um, we got Tom, we got Francois, Stevie, Martin, Stephen, Johnny, Marcus, Amira, uh, Creeper Fam, and Tom and Latvian Guna as well. And plenty more of you guys. Also, um, do make sure you drop a like on the video. Massive thank you once again for helping us reach 50,000 subscribers. It means incredibly uh, much to us. And uh, if you are indeed one of our brand new subs and brand new listeners, you're now part of the journey to 100k. Thank you so much, everyone, as always. Right, let's go with the story, shall we? We kick off um, with the transfer aspect of the show. Arsenal rejecting a £2.1 million bid from Besiktas for Rob Holding. Um, Rob Holding, of course, has been uh, expected to move on uh, this summer. He's not expected to be uh, a big part of next season plan. And Arsenal are certainly open to selling. But uh, David Ornstein's reports of this €2.5 million bid, uh, £2.1 million, is frankly laughable. Like, <laughs> it's a terrible amount of money to be offered. Um, for me, I'd be trying to get as close to 10 million as feasible possible. He's a year left with an option of a further year on his contract. He's homegrown, which I you know doesn't actually affect Besiktas, which is probably part of that reason. But if a Premier League club was coming in for for Rob Holding, Arsenal should be looking to get upwards, you know, well upwards of 5 million, closer to 10 for me. Um, but it does indicate and does give you, I think, a little bit of... Uh, this kind of feeling around how much players are worth, how much the players that are on the periphery of things, how much the players that are expendable, if you like, is worth. But it is an incredibly low offer and certainly one that Arsenal have laughed off. Uh, Moussa Diaby, who was said to be a target of Arsenal this summer, is subject of some serious interest now from Aston Villa. They've had a £35 million plus add-ons 
bid, uh, that's Euros, by the way, rejected uh, by by Leverkusen. However, according to Fabrizio Romano, this deal is on and that negotiations will continue and that Aston Villa are going to push ahead to try and convince uh, by Leverkusen to sell the player, who is said to be very open to the idea of joining Aston Villa. It would be a club that would be able to give him regular game time in the Premier League, which is what he wants. Whereas if he was to join Arsenal, of course, he'd be going up against Bakaya Saka or Gabriel Martinelli, significantly restricting the amount of minutes that he would be able to get. So it seems this openness to move to Diaby um, is, is helped by the fact that they can offer him those guaranteed minutes that he otherwise wouldn't be getting if he was moving somewhere else and yet still making that step up to the Premier League. And Villa, you have to say, under Unai Emery, doing some very interesting business indeed. Uh, a lot of people might suggest if he's going for that amount of money, why aren't Arsenal in for him? And there were suggestions that Diaby was being valued around £70 million. So these numbers have come considerably down, perhaps due to Diaby's openness to make that move. But would be a very... Um, very reasonable amount of money if they can get him for less than 50 million euros, but maybe we'll have to see it go past that 50 million euro price mark. And lastly, on a transfer side of things, uh, Sky reporting yesterday that West Ham have been reassured uh, the documents for the Declan Rice deal will be sent over today, that everything will be signed and that the deal will indeed be done. Of course, we're still waiting for an announcement. Uh, we'll still potentially be waiting for an announcement. There is hope that Arsenal will be able to announce this deal and the Timber deal before the club fly to the US at the end of the weekend. Um, and that's certainly a hope that they have, that they can get Declan Rice on the tour and that all the documents should be being sent over to get that all completed and ready so that Declan Rice can take part, as well as Yuri and Timber, who we know we're only really an announcement away now from um, taking part in the tour. So Declan Rice to Arsenal is imminent. An announcement is imminent. And uh, finally, all the chaotic debates and frustration will come to a very thankful close. Um, so this saga coming to an end, the announcement is nearing. Thank goodness that's the case. Um, but certainly that is what a good piece of news is all about in transfers. And that completes part one. Let's move to part two, which of course is our raw reaction of yesterday's game against Nuremberg. So, Arsenal played their first pre-season game yesterday. Um, it was a game which I think held a lot of promise. And if you remember back to last year's game, in which Arsenal won 5-3, won a very chaotic fixture indeed, it held quite a lot of promise. It didn't deliver that, it's fair to say. It did not deliver the same frenetic, combustible, uh, chaotic game that we we got last time around. However... Um, what it did provide was an insight into some uh, of the players, how they're at, where they're at in terms of fitness, positions, about what system we might play. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of preseason and seeing these players develop a little bit more. But it ended 1-1. The frustration from an Arsenal point of view was at the beginning of the game, Martin Odegaard was confirmed to be out of the fixture. He suffered a knock during the warm-up. Mikel Arteta, speaking after the game, was asked about that. He said, was Erdegaard okay? He said, no. He felt something. He was asked if it was hamstring. He said, no, I think it was his calf. He got a knock there and he wasn't feeling good enough to play. Leo Trossard also had an issue and came off, as we know, in the second half. 
they're not said to be too serious. That's the hope. Um, that is the indication that they're, you know, just minor things that you're not going to take uh, too much of a problem with. Arteta said, hopefully not when asked if they were serious. Um, but uh, it's one of those things in preseason where you never, uh, never, ever, ever, ever kind of take risks. And we aren't doing that. So Odegaard's facing uh, maybe a short spell on the sidelines, but hopefully could be back very soon. And Trossard also now facing recovery. What we did see, though, is the return of William Saliba, which was fantastic news. Uh, and whilst the likes of Zinchenko, Tomiyasu, Martinelli and El Nenny are not yet back, there are opt- there is optimism about those players, especially the latter three. Zinchenko might be a little bit longer, um, but certainly there is optimism around all the players that could indeed return to the field very, very soon, which is, of course, fantastic news. Now, Saka kicked off the preseason with an absolute stunner. I think we can all agree that was one of his, what is becoming a bit of a trademark uh, player for us. Saka has kicked off that preseason with a fantastic strike, cutting on his left foot, booting across the keeper, low, hard, driven strike. Certainly, I think something that we're going to see a lot more during this season and a type of strike that hopefully will be the enemy of a lot of teams when we play across the Premier League during the course of the 23-24 campaign. I wanted to give a shout out to Jakob Kivior, who I thought really stood out. His fullback partner, Ben White, was also very, very good. But Kivior, I thought he was playing in a role that is obviously, as we know, occupied by Zinchenko was moving into midfield, was playing some really cute little passes. There was one in the first half, which first time he played through to Trossard, which set up a chance on the left flank with Nelson running in behind for Nketia. thought that was great. Yes, there was one misplaced pass at the back, a little bit lax of concentration, a little bit too relaxed perhaps on the ball. But overall, I thought Jakob Kivior was really, really good. And actually, I think when you compare the performance with Tierney's performance, you can see why Arteta is using Kivior over Tierney because stylistically, it's clear that he is kind of uh, adapting to that inverted role, the characteristics of the role that Arteta has called for. Kivior is certainly being able to do that a lot more seamlessly than uh, than Tierney is. Tierney does provide and was good, I thought, when he came on. Um, but I think, obviously, Tierney struggles playing this type of role that Arteta demands. Meanwhile, on the other flank, Ben White was fantastic. Really good combinations with Saka, running up that right flank. Um, was let down a couple of times, I think, by Fabio Vieira's lax passing at moments and could have had some better chances to create for his teammates, but was forced into really wide areas. But uh, I thought Ben White was really really good as well and certainly is not going to be giving up that fullback spot whatsoever. Kai Havertz, of course, came on in the second half to make his debut for Arsenal in pre-season and positionally, I think, is the first thing to discuss. He replaced, um, whilst he did replace, I think it was Reese Nelson in terms of a sub, uh, he played in Trossard's role with Trossard moving actually into the centre-forward position uh, and Ketty moved out left and Jesus moved out right to replace Saka. Um, but Havertz playing in that, what I know a lot of people were describing as the Xhaka role, it's not that, no one can replace Xhaka. And in fact, you know, Mikel Arteta said, you know, after the game, um, he said he's not a replacement. He's not going to be a like for like because everybody's going to be very different to what Granite gave us. It will be very difficult, but Kai has tremendous qualities for our way of playing. He also said the talent, the quality, the physicality and the goal threat that he has shown over the past few years I think it's true that we have to see how we adapt him the best. He needs to build some relationships on that pitch. But so far, he's adapting really well, and we're really happy to have him. It was a very quiet performance from Havertz. It was definitely a performance of a player that's learning his teammates, learning where they're going to be on the field, learning the system. If you're expecting a big bang um, from a player that's been playing, you know, 
in a system, in a team that have been completely and utterly dire <laughs> over the last year. And frankly, Havertz has been played out of position in a system that doesn't suit his style under a number of different coaches, has had no stability whatsoever. I know that there is an easy comparison to make with, we saw last year, Gabriel Jesus burst onto the scene in this game against Nuremberg. But the difference between the two is is stark. You know, Jesus is coming back off, you know, a league-winning season, playing under Pep Guardiola, who plays uh, a system that has plenty of characteristics similar to that of Arsenal and uh, was coming in with a real big point to prove and on good form as well. He ended the 2021-22 uh, season in really hot form uh, and went into Arsenal's new season on a really hot form. Havertz is the absolute opposite of that and he's coming on you know, having to build up confidence, build up adaptability to the new system that he finds himself in. And uh, certainly he'll be growing into his time at Arsenal. Uh, expecting an immediate impact, I think, would be a little bit too much. But what I did find interesting with his performance was obviously the fact that he was playing in the midfield. He did get an elbow to the face basically minutes after he came on as, <laughs> as well, which perhaps had something to do with uh, a little bit of a a held back or restrained approach to the rest of his game. But I think more so it's about the the idea of um, kind of learning the relationships on the field, learning where his teammates are going to be in a system that he is not used to playing yet. But that will improve and grow with time. Bellerin Balogun, though, missed two massive chances in the game. I did the Arsenal Way show, obviously, after our match reaction show yesterday on the Arsenal Way. And I was pretty critical of Balogun. And I woke up this morning... In reflection, I don't think I was too critical at all. Um, the reason why I look at Balogun in this sense is because if this was Eddie and Ketia having these chances, which you know he's taken the ball around goalkeepers, you know, had opportunities to score in the six yard box or in those tight spaces and done it, I think if it was an Eddie and Ketia that missed these chances, or even maybe Gabriel Jesus who missed these chances, imagine if it was Fabio Vieira missing these chances they would be getting scathing criticism, I think, from the fan base. But I didn't see all that much um, for following Balogun in the same sense. And that uh, is a frustration um, for me. I wish we could be a bit more balanced. And so for that balance, I think that Balogun um, should, without a doubt, be scoring. Um, without question, should be scoring um, those opportunities. And after the season he's had, I know that he can score those chances. I think that He's obviously coming off the back of a season where he's still in a little bit of two minds. I think mentally there's probably something that's going on in the background. And I think that first chance that he had where, again, he was laid off by Jesus for a shot and a chance at goal at a tight angle, but it was an open goal still and managed to hit the post. I think that was maybe in his mind for this finish. All he had to do was slot it low and composed between the sticks, but clipped it into the side netting with a really strange finish. Um you have to score those chances. If we're talking about him being a player that's worth £50 million, you know, teams that are watching him are going to expect him to score those chances. So you have to be critical when those moments come up. And I think certainly that that is the case with being critical. What I would say is the benefit is that he got himself into those opportunities. You know, he got himself into those positions. He got himself in the right place, used his speed to get behind for the second chance in particular, was always available in the box when he was there. I felt as though with the chance that Gabriel Jesus created when he had a shot on the left-hand side that their goalkeeper parried to the left, Balogun was a little slow in getting into that space. And actually, if he had gambled sooner and maybe had a bit more of an instinct to get into that area, he would have had a tap-in. Um, in that moment. But overall, I think obviously there's a lot of promise. There's a lot still to come from Balogun as well. I look forward to seeing, and hopefully he stays. I want him to stay. I want him to improve. I want him to be an asset for this club. Um, but what I would say is, of course, I just think there's a bit of balance that's sometimes lacking. Um, 
uh, when we talk about some players compared to others. As I say, if this was Nketiah, he'd be getting absolutely battered. Um, so Balogun, for me, has to score those two chances and needs to improve. Um, lastly, before I go to part two and your or part three and your questions, um, is a highlight of uh, Nweri and, of course, Miles lewis Skelly, who I thought, as two youngsters, really shined. A shout-out as well for Raul Waters, who had a good game, could have scored, you know, a good opportunity from a corner with a header and a really good block uh, towards the end of the game as well. But Nweri initially the skill the technical ability really outshone a player like Fabio Vieira for instance you know if you're playing a game tomorrow and you want to give 30 minutes to somebody I'd rather give Nuaneri you know 30 minutes as opposed to Fabio Vieira at this point I feel like he's a better investment of time right now than Fabio Vieira is that might seem harsh on the Portuguese player but football has to be ruthless you've got to be ruthless with this you've got you can't you know especially when you're giving you've only got a certain amount of time to give players Maneri's technical ability, his progression of the ball, the skill, the little roulette turn that he did, um, great interplay. He's already really, I think, attuned to how this team operates and, of course, um, how he operates better than some of the others um, in terms of his understanding of where others are on the field. Lewis Skelly, meanwhile, really confident on the ball, fantastic pass through to follow in Balogun, should absolutely have been given um, you know, an assist for that. It deserved to be an assist that passed through to Balogun. It's a shame that it wasn't. Um, but both players, both youngsters and and uh, Royal Waters, I think, certainly were fantastic um, and really uh, have these opportunities. I hope they all go on the US tour. I know last time we went to Nuremberg, we didn't take players like Waters. We didn't, uh, sorry, we did take Waters. We didn't take players like uh, Saladin. Uh, we didn't take uh, Charlie Patino. We did take Waters. I hope that we take these three. Um, I'd love to see them all out there and given opportunities on the tour as well, because certainly these have massive, massive futures. Uh, Mikel Arteta speaking, though, after the game and, of course, talking about a number of things. He was asked about transfers. He says, yeah, we've been pretty busy. A lot of renewals as well and bringing Kai. Let's see how we can improve the squad. He was asked, will you know if you'll have more players for the takeoff to America? He says, I don't know. We are working on them. And when we have something to announce, we will. Uh, he was asked about kind of it being a pretty positive summer, though. He says, I think so. There's still a lot of things to do. Things develop all the time in the last few things as well. We need to be really on it and alert, but we are pleased so far. He was asked directly about Rice and Timber, but as you can expect, didn't answer the question. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was never expected that he would give an answer to those players at all. Uh, he was asked about Balogun, though, and he did say, well, this is what he has been doing, and that's why we gave him the minutes that he deserves to show what he can do. I would say that I don't think he gave Balogun enough minutes I think Nketiah should have been off at half-time and Balogun started at half-time. I don't know why we delayed that. I don't know why you would seed any more doubt that there's a place for him in this squad. And he did that, I think, a little. So I was critical of the fact that Balogun didn't start either the game or at half-time. That was a bit of a, a missed opportunity, I think. But uh, overall, I think Arteta will be taking the positives from this game and we can hope to see better in the near future. Right, let's go to part two then. And your questions, transfers, game or otherwise right after this hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. stretching out it's very much needed it's a long show this morning but uh we're there we're through i'll tell you what i woke up at 20 past seven today i oh, actually i woke up at seven and then i checked my phone and all of a sudden it was 7 20 and i was like no i need to get this show together <laughs> so thankfully managed to get it all done and sorted um but uh i am only gonna be doing about 10 minutes or so of questions guys i've got an appointment uh, to attend of which you'll hear more about later on this morning um but uh, 10 minutes of questions we'll smash through these right let's go to uh name says with trossard being played in midfield and uh, the intro uh, introduction to Havertz and smith Rowe being told he's wanted do we potentially see it likely a removal of fabio vieira i've said and have continued to maintain that there is a two-season rule you get two seasons if you're a new signing you get two seasons you've got to impress you now gabriel jesus is impressed zinchenko has impressed um, ben White, uh, Gabriel, all these guys impressed. The Ramsdale in their first two seasons, you know, some of them are still just in their first season and still going through now to their second. But players like Fabio Vieira, Lukonga, Tavares, you know, have not impressed. And Tavares and Lukonga, I'd be moving on this summer. Fabio Vieira, I'm willing to give another season to because I'm two season rule. But uh, maybe with the style of play which we're looking with, Trossard, Smith Rowe, Havertz, all potentially occupying a position on the left eight slash 10 style role that we're going to be using in partner with Odegaard, maybe we see difference. But what I would say is that with Odegaard injured now, maybe there's something of an opening for Fabio Vieira to showcase what he's capable of. Uh, Red Star says, Tom, with the Manieri impressing, would you see Vieira sold? You say there is two-year rule for signing, so could you see that being broken and Vieira leaving? I don't think Vieira will leave this summer. Maybe he'll go on loan as a very, as a last resort, but I don't see him leaving personally amira says the disrespect towards eddie is boring now sure he may not be good enough but why do some fans feel the need to say uh blank would have scored whenever he misses almost everyone misses a chance and this is why i said if eddie missed those chances that balogun missed you know um he would be getting absolutely scathing criticism so that's why i think we had to be balanced in the assessment of uh, Balogun's two missed chances. Uh, Thomas says, if you could bring back one Arsenal legend to add to the current squad, who would it be and why? Well, I think our biggest need obviously remains still, I think, in kind of another midfield box-to-box role. I think Cesc Fabregas um, obviously fulfills that perfectly. Uh, if not, Sandy Cazorla, another player that I absolutely adore playing in their midfield. And if I could, playing in their prime, Liam Brady is the obvious other candidate as well. Um, Martin says, Amira, Eddie didn't score a single goal coming off the bench last season. That isn't good enough. I think the criticisms of Eddie are well-founded. You know, I, I think if Arsenal are smart, they try and get a good fee for him this summer and keep Balogun. And, and that's the dynamic I would choose. But you know, I think certainly uh, we need to be a bit balanced across players when it comes to criticism. Um, Owen Thomas says, what is it with this fan base? A 1-1 game in pre-season where we rotate the kids in the second half and there's people actually moaning about how we're going nowhere. I actually haven't seen that, Owen, personally. 
And I would tell you if I did, and you know, I, I'm not active enough on social media to feel like I can see enough. I didn't personally see that. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see a meltdown, which I was really thoughtful of, actually. Um, I was really thoughtful of the idea that we didn't have a meltdown. I think there's an understanding about this game, of what it is, about where it is in the schedule, about what's still to come. Arsenal have got some really interesting tests coming up against Man United, against Barcelona, the MLS All-Stars. Then, of course, we've got Monaco and then Man City in the Community Shield. So I think there's a lot to be excited for this summer still. I think there's a lot still to learn about this team this summer. So I'm not losing my head about a game. But I personally didn't really see anybody losing their head at all um, about this game. So there you go. Uh, and says, Tom, you didn't mention Trusty's performance. I think we used something like 22 players. So uh, if I was going to miss anyone, <laughs> it's going to happen. Trusty, I thought, was was decent. You know, um, it was a good block or two, a couple of good passes, uh, a couple of good recoveries. He didn't shine. You know, he's not he's not putting in performances that I'm saying, wow, this guy's going to you know, start for us. I think I'd be unrealistic to expect that Trusty is Arsenal's future. I think I'm still expecting him to leave on a permanent deal this summer. Um, he wasn't massively tested either uh, against a second-tier German side, you know. So I just think that, to be honest, um, regarding Trusty, it's good that he's done well. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't necessarily see... I just don't. I just don't see how he has a future at Arsenal at this point in time. And I don't think that's an unfair assessment of Austin Trusty. I wish him the absolute best, but I just don't see where his level is going to be that enough to, to get him into the Arsenal team. Um, let's go to Sepsis. So is Saliba fully fit now? That is the indication. And certainly he wouldn't be being played if they didn't feel he was fit enough. Maybe not fully fit, but certainly if they didn't feel he was fit enough to get into a position where he could start this game. Uh, Jack is the truth says unblock me on Twitter please thanks uh, I don't know what your handle is <laughs> so I can't I don't know what you've done to get blocked but uh, yeah send me a DM on Instagram uh, at the Gunatalk and uh, I can try and sort that out if he says what's the latest on the Patello rumours again nothing has progressed from the story we heard from Brazil the other day suggesting that Arsenal were approaching the player to look into the idea of signing in for around 10 million euros um, but we've heard nothing progress on that side of things in the few days since we talked about that story. But anything that does change, you can be sure that we will let you know. Uh, Jaden says, should we be worried about Erdegaard's injury? I don't think so because it's just a knock. Uh, he should be all right for the MLS tour, or the US tour. Uh, we are playing the MLS All-Stars, but very much an US tour rather than MLS tour. Uh, I don't, I'm not worried about Erdegaard, no. I think it was a precautionary uh, change and that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm hoping that he's given the rest and required need before he comes back into the side. So hopefully, hopefully there's not going to be a problem. Uh, Samuel says Cedric has to go. He's nowhere good enough. And I absolutely agree. What I would say is that Hector Bellerin started this game last year, you know, and, and left pretty swiftly. Uh, so I don't think there's going to be any issue in, in Cedric's future necessarily being guaranteed to be still here um, because Bellerin started against Nuremberg last year. And uh, and left. So I don't think that this is any indication that he will be a part of the squads. And I'm hoping that we do find a place for uh, Cedric, um, you know, outside of the team. I feel like if Timber was here, he probably would have started over Cedric or come on instead of Cedric and been in the squad instead of Cedric. So there is always that to consider. Uh, Thomas says, what do you think about that keeper? Who? Which keeper? <laughs> I don't know. Their keeper? Our keeper? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Creeper Fam says, if Odegaard remains injured, would you start Noeneri over Vieira come the start of the season? No, uh, I don't think I would because Vieira is 
at the end of the day, a uh, a senior player in Nwaneri is still a youth option. What I would do, though, is I'd consider different options. Smith Rowe, if he's back, for instance, I would consider using Smith Rowe instead um, and giving Nwaneri an opportunity. What I would say is in preseason, I'm giving, I'm giving Nwaneri minutes. You know, I'm giving him minutes uh, to check uh, how he's developing, given the opportunities in preseason. And then we can give him time from the bench in some fixtures. If so, we need to. Um, Carl Hine is is who AFC Cape Town believes is the goalkeeper we're talking about. He's, you know, again, a player that sadly, you know, for the player is probably not going to be good enough to be an Arsenal goalkeeper, number one or two. You know, he's made mistakes. You think about the the game uh, against, was it Brighton in the League Cup last season where he gave away that penalty and obviously has made a really poor pass into the midfield, which is undersold. Jorginho, who sadly, is connected too well with it, trying to control it, and it's gone back behind the goalkeeper. Um, Carl Hine is, a, is an okay goalkeeper. He's just not, he's, he's not, you know, going to be good enough. Uh, Emmanuel says, Hein, and you are conveniently avoiding the... T- well, I mean, I just didn't. <laughs> I just tackled it head on. So, no, certainly not avoiding it at all. Uh, he's not good enough uh, and probably won't be good enough, but hopefully he'll be good enough for a club somewhere and get a good career out of it as well. Um, Cape Town says he's still young, just needs a few loans here and there. Uh, I assume that's Nineri, and I think that's certainly the case. I think he'll certainly need... We say he'll need a loan, but Saka certainly didn't. Saka didn't go on loan. He was immediately seen as good enough. And at 16 years of age, both Maneri and Miles Lewis-Skelly will face that same expectation as well. They could be good enough for Arsenal's long-term future and they may not need loans. So let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens with them. Um, let's go to Meet B says Zinchenko again. Is this becoming a real problem? No, he was injured at the end of last season. Uh, this is just a continuation of that same injury. So there's not, um, it's not a new problem to my understanding. He's still recovering from that issue he had at the end of last season. So as far as I'm aware, it's it's not a new injury. So no, I'm not treating this as any kind of different. Um, Supercats says it was good enough for a horrific Arsenal team. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it's pre-season and there's lots of changes, lots of different partnerships being tested out and tried. So not sure uh, that, that, that we can glean anything from this in terms of what we can expect next season at all. So there you go. The one thing I am disappointed, and I'll end the show on this, the one thing I'm a little bit disappointed is obviously Balogun not scoring meant that we did draw the game. And last summer, we won all of our games, you know, against Nuremberg and Orlando and Chelsea and Everton and um, Sevilla. You know, we won all our games and we went into the season with real men- momentum. I'm hoping we can build up that same momentum with the games that are to come. We couldn't start that momentum early enough, but hopefully we get um, the momentum built in the coming days. I think the arrival of Declan Rice, the arrival of Timber is going to be further uh, boost to this squad. I look forward to seeing that. There's an expectation that it will be done today when it will be announced. Is of course the the next thing we say done. It's it is in quotation marks done. It's just kind of the details being ticked off. But there is an expectation that that will be sent to West Ham for it all to be completed and finished today and an announcement will be done imminently so let's wait and see but thank you everyone for tuning in very much appreciated do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show i'll be back with you if not this evening then of course tomorrow and uh yeah keep an eye out for another podcast where you might see me appearing very very soon have a fantastic day keep yourself uh keep yourself safe and well and as always up the arsenal 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.